Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, all right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk, what, permaculture food forest. That's right. Now, basically, we're sticking kind of to that theme of long-term survival. And nothing says long-term survival like permaculture food forest. That and bows and arrows made out of sticks. I mean, that might say mm. that too, right? Right. But, uh, so, besides the bows and arrows... um. Basically, permaculture food forest is shit that you just basically plant it once and it grows forever and reseeds itself and you really need little to no maintenance to maintain it. And that's the happy fantasy world. Now, Kevin, you're going to give us a little bit more of an in-depth description of what a permaculture... Right. What, what is permaculture? Tell me. Permaculture is it's a system of agriculture that it simulates uh, or uses patterns of nature. So basically you're building uh, building a forest that's designed for good shit. for provide yeah, providing uh food. Now that's not necessarily just providing food for you, but food for animals that are tracked animals also. So the animals are an, an integral part of your food forest. All right, now there's 12 principles of permaculture. All right, let's get let's dig deep. All right. So, first principle is observe and interact. What they mean by that is you should be observing nature and nope. interacting with nature in All a right. way that that helps you understand how it functions All like right. a so when, synergy. When I do that, am I sitting Indian style with like my palms up, maybe my Thumb touching my middle finger. Yes. Is that how that works? Deep breaths. Deep breaths. And I just sit there and I'm like, right. 
nature. <laughs> That's exactly. All right, exactly. all right. Now, there's a lot of, uh, I, I like this because there's a lot of like very hippie principles. Sounds kind of hippie-ish. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm into that. I feel like when you're in nature observing, you're taking a deep breath, you're sitting Indian style, you probably shouldn't be wearing any clothing. Yeah. Don't, maybe not in a state park, Dude, maybe in the woods behind your this, house. This is very weak. I freaking go to some guy's house to fix his fridge. Uh-huh. And he lives by a lake and he's got like the stockade fence for the backyard. Right. On his freaking refrigerator, he's got like a fucking picture of him doing yoga naked in the backyard. And he's in like Warrior One or whatever. <laughs> and he's all, and his jug's hanging out on jug's his refrigerator. Out. Where else are you going to put your jug? You know? And I'm like, this guy's close to nature. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, sorry to distract you. All right, go on. Principle number two, catch and store energy. Now, what they mean by this is what you should be doing is collecting your resources when they're abundant and storing it for, you know, when it's not abundant, when winter comes. Fart in a can, save right. it. <laughs> I mean, uh, there you go. But, I mean, it's uh, you're, you're trying to design a, a forest that is producing um, – food year round as much as possible yes but during certain times of the year you're obviously not going to be collecting a whole lot okay um number three principle number three obtain a yield make sure that you're profiting from your labor don't you know don't spend your energy doing stuff that's not going to be beneficial long term principle number four self-regulate and accept feedback um, what that means is you don't know everything, right? You're going to have to, um, manage your labor properly, invest it properly and be willing to listen to ideas and be willing to observe what you're doing and correcting that behavior. If it's not, if it's not beneficial. Principle number five, use and value renewable resources. This is one of the hippie, uh, values there. Mm. This goes along with number six is produce no waste. Yes. What they mean by that is that everything should be uh, used or composted or returned to nature somehow. Mm. So, you know, it focuses on renewable resources rather than, you know, cutting down oak trees that, that take, you know, 60 years to, to regrow. But what if I cut down the oak tree and then use it for firewood? It's not renewable. Cut down. I'll plant another tree. Yeah, I guess I guess that's all right. I'm trying to. You can't plant another pine tree to use for firewood because that just catches a fire in your chimney. Designed from patterns. Uh, designed from patterns to details. Observe patterns in nature and fill in details as you go. Now, the idea of of permaculture is is basically. You're going to start with uh, the high-tier plants, uh, trees, things like that, and work your way down to ground level, you know, going through bushes, you know, berry bushes and things like that, um, grapevines, um, down to, like, the smaller medicinal plants like ginseng and um, and lemon balm and okay. plants like that that would use, you know, medicinally down to uh, fungus, you know, mushrooms and things like that. So you're going to have want to have an integrated forest 
that's always producing something. Use small and slow solutions as they're easier to maintain. Um, basically, you want to get your forest started and let it do its own thing. A lot of people don't even don't even believe in um, trimming right uh, trimming your your fruit trees. A lot and of things people like won't that. ever water it. Won't nothing. Mm-hmm. No weeding. No nothing. That's not necessarily. We're going to talk about some options. Yeah, but. we're going to talk about some different ideas. Um, when it comes to that sort of stuff, use it and value diversity. Um, now I got into it today, actually, um, um, working at a place that's under construction right now. And one of the, one of the, uh, the heads of the construction company was there and I was little, got into it a little bit because it was, um, it was just a bunch of white dudes working there. Oh, that's and I wrong. said, I said, listen, we need to focus on diversity. Yes. You know, every time yes. I come to work, it's like a sausage party. You know, can we get some sort of bikini team, swim, swimsuit team here doing some of this work? That, I mean, it's only right. It? Yeah. I mean, I'm a femi- feminist. You know, I believe in an equal opportunity. That's not what they're talking about, though, no. when it comes to diversity. They mean diversity in wildlife oh. and, and uh, forestry. You know, if you have 100 apple trees that are all the same apple tree and you get some sort of a blight on it, you're just yes. screwed, you know? So you want to di- diversify your funds, you know? You want to split that up. Um, now, number 11 is use edges and value the marginal. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, basically where where different ecosystems collide, that's where the abundance of, of food is, like um, the shoreline of, uh, of the ocean where the ocean meets the land. You know, there's always tons of uh, tons of food in those areas, hmm. you know, whether it's uh, shellfish, um, animals eating the shell- shellfish, fish in the in the water. You've got to when when different uh, ecosystems collide with one another. That's the most beneficial areas. That's what they believe anyway. Hippies. Hippies. Right. Number 12, the final principle Creatively use and respond to change. Change is good, Chuck. It sounds now, hard. When things naturally change, yes. you want to intervene, but only in the slightest way possible and only at the right times to guide things sounds in the direction you want to go. It is somewhat complicated, but it's, it's, uh, it's a very... Um, very useful system long term you know if you were to set this up now your grandkids could come here you know show up at the place in you know 70 years and still be you know profiting from from this system hence long-term survival long-term survival that's right and that's 12 principles all right i like it all right so uh let's let's talk about building your food for us. I, I think before that, let's just take one minute and talk about the benefits, mm-hmm. kind of a why we'd want something like this. So as a prepper, why would you waste your time and do something like this? Now we're talking about sustainable food that takes little work and we can get it established and growing now long before there's 
ever, you know, a concern or a need for it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty huge. Right. Um, to be able to get things growing and established and just see it function, know that this prep is handled, and then when things are stressful, all right, yeah, I have my long-term food storage, but I already have something that's going to continually yield and supplement and, mm-hmm. you know, slow down what I'm going to be going through in my stockpile. Right. And also, you might, while you still have the internet or all these things, you might have the opportunity to learn how to cook and really use a lot of these resources. Right. You know, I mean, you might find, hey, you know, I, I'm getting tons of kale or I'm, you know, tons of something else mm-hmm. and, you know, parsnips or whatever the hell people are getting. Right. And, you know, you'll learn to find the recipes and what how to use them. And you also might realize, hey, you know, if I added this one thing, then I could really complete a, you know, awesome right. meal or whatever. So just something to think about with that. But yeah. now laying it out. I, I um I I was never a big fan of vegetables. You gotta get your vegetables, you know? Gotta get your vitamins. Never a big fan. Till I met my wife and Hippie. her solution. Nah, she's she's uh she's um soul food. The solution mm-hmm. is Mix bacon with it. And then everything's good? Uh Uh-huh. Cook your spinach? Bacon. Brussels sprouts? Bacon. Asparagus? Bacon. So you're like, oh, I'll take my iron and vitamin D out of the spinach. Right. As long as you cook it in bacon fat. You got to get vitamin bacon. Vitamin B. (laughs) That's right. All right. So um, now you're going to want to build your... your, food forest in in zones now zone one would be your house you know starting at your the center of your you're center not of talking your, about uh, planning living. zones you're not planting zones planning zones planning zones right gotcha. so zone one would be your house the first thing you're going to have around your house is the stuff that takes the most work um your spinach, your lettuce, things that need to be that grow fast and need to be collected fast. Um, moving out from there, you're going to have more of a um, more of a uh, longer term, longer term plants. You know, okay. uh, your tomato plants, your your vegetables like that, things that need to be weeded and and pruned. Then further out from that, you're going to have things like. Um, uh, your berry bushes, you know, things that you only have to deal with uh, when it comes time for collecting. Then maybe your uh, apple orchard or something something along those lines. And then further out from that, you're going to have a forest that's going to be basically maintaining the wildlife around your property to to keep the animals, you know, keep the healthy animals available for you. Um now it's going to vary a, a lot depending on what you're growing, what you're producing. If you have goats and chickens and cows and pigs, you know you're going to have to, you know, adjust where you keep things. But the idea is that you're you don't want to have to to hike a half mile to get to your lettuce plants every morning so you can, uh, you know, collect your lettuce and your spinach. So um, it's basically uh, time management and resource management that makes things simplest for you. 
Um, you're not going to want your, your compost bin for your kitchen. Um, you know, you don't want to have to hike all the way out in the forest to drop your compost off. But maybe your bigger compost bin that you use for weeds and things like that, you know, maybe you keep that a little further out. Now, um, should we talk a little bit about, about plants that that benefit from each other? Oh, I like it. You're you're talking about the Iroquois? The Iroquois, that's right. Oh, the three sisters. Got? The three sisters. Tell me about tell, that. Why don't you tell me about oh, it? Oh, is that beans, corn, and squash? Mm-hmm. Or some kind of crap like that? Is that what they are? That's right. And and how you like to plant dead fish at the bottom of your uh, things there? Mm-hmm. Um, no, but plants definitely you know affect each other and what they do. There's all kinds of books and research you can do on different things you want to plant together. Um, guys who've been listening to this podcast a long time know that I uh, really like that uh, Secret Garden of Survival book. And uh, that really talks in detail about a lot of plants that, you know, symbiotic. And he definitely had some great ideas on laying out, you know, basically a food forest for yourself. Mm-hmm. But not going to really talk about him today. But, uh, you know, they if you want to learn those different tricks and and different things that grow together. He's a, a great start. And if you're seriously considering something like this, you know, he, he's definitely a great asset to check out. I think his name is Rick Austin. Uh-huh. Does that sound right? That sounds right. I don't know. You'll have to look it up. But I think he's uh, he's also, he was on an episode of like Doomsday Preppers. Mm-hmm. And you can actually check out his garden and see, you know, what he's got going on there too. Mm-hmm. I went and looked that up. He's also a little crazy, but you know, hey, to each his own, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a little bit. To crazy. some people, I might be a little bit crazy. Yeah. You know, that's that's how it goes sometimes. So, also, I mean, touching on what Kevin was saying about you know, you want function and close to your house and what you can get that one you can guard and protect, you know, from wild animals as well as you know what you can harvest and how to do it. That's definitely a great way to do it and, and a logical plan. Um, but if this is like an afterthought and you're like, you know, I'm not all into prepping and whatever, maybe that unused plot of, you know, corner of your yard that nobody ever goes in or whatever, maybe that's the section and you just throw it over there, mm-hmm. you know, and then when the time comes, you rethink things. But, you know, and obviously you don't want to be moving it when the time comes. Right. But I'm just saying it's better to have something than nothing. You know, if you're um, it was funny. I uh, referenced one of these books um, and uh, I, I was reading some of the information on food forests and the guy had like a and a at the end of it. And one of the, the people wrote in, how do I get my wife on board with, uh, you know, growing a food forest because it, it's overwhelming our yard. Mm-hmm. And the guy's response was, well, you know, your spouse's approval really isn't that important. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and my wife was like, you would like that answer. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, it only seems right. Yeah, you know? that's right. So, hey, teach his own, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mind your business, devil woman. There you go. Now you're getting it. That's right. That's right. I mean, that should be your motto with all prepping. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I don't think of my wife as a fun squasher, 
but there are a lot of women out there. There are a lot of women. There are a lot of women no, out there that, like, that don't like men having fun. I was scrolling through. We'll, we'll get back on point in a second here. But I was looking at, at Facebook or something, and Ted Nugent has this, like, challenge coin. And it has, you know, some clever thing or whatever on there and some, like, stick figure with a spear on the back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, maybe we need a prepping badass challenge coin. Mm. And maybe that's what we put on the back of it. It'll say your spouse's approval really isn't <laughs> all that important. Uh-huh. Maybe that's how we nail it right there. That'll solidify, mm-hmm. you know, your commitment to prepping. That's right. That's you right. You like that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know it's going to be all women that are buying that coin, though. Oh, that could backfire totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. But we do have a large woman audience. We do. So, we do. You know, maybe it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, back to uh, the topic at hand. Right. So we were talking about the three sisters and planting things together. I right. got that covered. Right. Now, you want to think about, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of talk about, about crop rotation and things like that. That's... That's Nature's going to do that in a permanent right. culture. Uh, right. It's going to take care of itself. Yes. Now, uh, somebody had written out in a few uh, few months ago talking about uh, Hugo culture. Oh. Now, I read up on this a little that bit. It doesn't involve poop, does it? No, no. Okay. What you want to do is bury large, large uh, volumes of wood in the ground yes. before you start planting. I do recall this. Because it's going to, uh, the wood as it rots is going to absorb moisture and hold the moisture so that your crop, or your plants have water, access to water during the drier seasons. And it's also going to release nitrogen into the soil to keep keep the soil fresh. Or so. if you're somebody who uh, just likes to throw money at problems, do you just buy a big bag of peat moss and mix that Let's shit Throw in it there. right in there. And then you get the same kind of benefit. Uh-huh. I don't know if it decomposes and gives you the nitrogen action, but I think it does. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, another option for this is uh, rainwater capture. Yes. Um, collecting your rainwater and saving it. Use and it. And diverting it. Mm-hmm. Even if you ran some, you know, tunnels out through there, you might add a little life to yep. your... You know, but it depends on your region. Some places it's not really an issue, you know, to uh, to worry about extra water. Because mm-hmm. um, things survive in nature all the time. Right. And I think a large part of this uh, permaculture and the food forest idea is uh, you're going to have to focus on your area. You're where you, you know, I can't tell you what to plant because where you are, you need to focus on what's naturally growing there. Don't worry, Kevin's afraid. I'm going to tell you what to plant, so don't don't <laughs> even right. worry about that. All right, should we? Uh, let me just talk real quick about gray water collection. Okay. Now this isn't black water collection. Black water is your poop water. All right. That's when you flush a toilet. Gray water is your washing machine, uh, your dishwasher, your sinks. All that water is basically sanitary. More it's like not your potable shower. though. Shower, right there. You go. Not potable. It's you not potable, but it's fine to use on on plants. Okay. So I mean, it's definitely uh, definitely something to keep in mind. Is is ninety percent of your wastewater from your house is reusable. I like that. All right, I'm, go ahead. I'm ready now. You're ready now. All right. So when we say food forest, you're not actually planting this in the forest. Right. You're creating a forest. 
Right, you're building. First. All right, so that's the idea here. Um, basically, you want to clear out a bunch of land. Um, what you would do is uh, kind of really like weed it, dig up whatever. You're going to get rid of. Uh, I, I would say weed it. You're not going to, you know, go in and cut all the sod and take all the nutrients right out. Mm-hmm. That's no good. However, I did get a fun toy this week. Oh, yeah? What is it? I don't know what happened. My wife was in the garden, and I'm up uh, on the tractor, and she's like, you need to go to Tractor Supply and get me one of those weed flamers or flame weeder or whatever. And what I'm is like, this? Really? Tell me more. What is this So. Thing? I go and it was not cheap. Now Harbor Freight has this item for about twenty bucks. Okay, but of course Harbor Freight's an hour away, and I wouldn't be able to get there for like two days. Mm-hmm. So I have to go to Tractor Supply and drop sixty bucks because that only makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. So and buy this thing, but you just hook it up to your barbecue propane tank. Okay, and you I torch- like where you're going now. Any of you hippies, cover your ears. If you stumbled onto this podcast, right now I'm going to really upset your world. Because mm. somehow when you think of people like me, I don't know, capitalists, you think scorched earth, destroy everything, doesn't care about the planet. Yeah. Well, what I'm exactly saying- exactly what Chuck is. Is we're going to scorch the freaking earth. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You so go you just in, burn up everything. You burn huh? up everything. All the seeds, all the goodness, the little bugs, the nature. Dead, huh? Dead. Fucking awesome. Uh, but you didn't awesome. have to use any sort of pesticide or herbicide or anything. I didn't have to use any anything. pesticide, nothing. I go through. I'm providing all kinds of carbon in there. Good shit mm-hmm. going, right? Don't worry, the bugs bugs will come back. But uh, you go in, you burn the shit out of this. Now you want to keep the hose kind of handy. Some of it got away from me. My <laughs> wife my wife had this big plan that we would fill all these black huge trash bags with uh, all the leaves we raked up mm-hmm. and let them sit for a year so they'd really get nasty inside uh-huh. for compost. And they were just all over the place. So we just had them lining the edge of the garden. So, um, you know, flaming. Nice. Kind of. There was a little fire action, <laughs> melting plastic bags. You know, the planet cried a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, it happened. Mother Earth wept. Mother Earth wept. However, let no me tell weeds. you about those beds. Weeds, none. Nada. Mm. Seeds of any kind, nada. Now, what you do is you basically want to go through a list and find out what we, you know, I'll hook you up with a list of uh, different plants and you decide what's going to grow in your area, right? Because mm-hmm. Kevin, you know, he's afraid to commit. Right. But, uh, you know, you pick and choose what's going to work in your area because you're like, hey, I've seen my neighbor grow that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you go in that uh, farmer's almanac where they have the different zones. And not the buy your house zone. Right. This is the different This is zone. the different kind of zones. These zones will tell you what will grow in your area. And I think it's what, one through seven? Yeah, one through seven sounds right. All right. And you're going to go through, you're going to see what grows in your area. You can just like randomly, I don't want to say randomly toss seeds because you do want to do like fruit trees, mm-hmm. you want to do bushes. And then you want to do smaller stuff in a chain. And there's obviously stuff that's going to grow in shade 
and stuff that's going to grow in sun. Right. So it's not going to be complete randomness. First, you're going to decide where your fruit trees are going to be. Um, you're going to lay those out. Then you're going to work the bushes and the symbiotic stuff that's going on with the different ones. You're going to go through and decide what grows in shade, what grows in sun, stuff that you're going to put all your sun stuff together and you're going to put your shade stuff and take it over by those trees and work that out. But when you have your big pile of sun seeds mm-hmm. and you have this giant 20 by 20 scorched earth, just dirt begging for goodness, you're just going to randomly scatter and mix up those seeds in there mm-hmm. and just let them grow. See what happens. Go in, water it, let shit happen. I've seen tons of pictures because I was doing a lot of research on this and on the internet and people are like, yeah, this is what my area looks like now. And it's pretty freaking impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two years later, all of a sudden, people have really substantial gardens going that they're not doing anything to maintain. Right. Now, here's the thing. So you can go. I mean, obviously, the big thing you want to use like heirloom seeds because right. a lot of the GMO will not reproduce. Right. That's a big thing. So, yeah, it's a good thing I didn't forget that. Heirloom seeds are key. Um, heirloom seeds don't necessarily yield as awesome as GMO, but they're going to yield consistently. And hence they're heirloom. You know, right. they've lasted. They've stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to go in. You're going to throw all your seeds down. You're going to plant your plants. Trees... I'm not afraid if you want to go to Tractor Supply and, and, you know, pick out your $10 trees, throw them a bunch in there. You want to go find some, you know, organic hippie ones, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you do what you got to do to get the job done. But you got to make sure things that are going to die out each year and come back, you need to make sure that they're going to be throwing out heirloom seeds. Right, they're 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 going to reproduce themselves. So... The idea, the the main idea behind the permaculture and the food forest is minimal effort after yes. you get it started. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a fairly significant initial both investment in seeds because mm-hmm. these seeds they know they're not selling them to you every year, so they kind of stick it to you a little bit. Right. I, I hate to say it, but you know it, it's going to pay off huge in the long term, and just. Going out and being able, like, I mean, if you get crazy and, and look at that, uh, um, yeah, the Rick Austin one. Uh, oh, I forget I the name know. of the name Whatever. of his book. You go in his book, he's talking about going out with a five-gallon bucket every day mm-hmm. and filling it up, or several. And um, anyway, so the plants you want, asparagus, you harvest in the spring, um, you typically asparagus you might have to water in a really dry climate like in the summer but normally you wouldn't need to it has natural propagation so you don't have to do anything um belgian winter leeks um you're going to get leeks in like the spring summer autumn and and in the winter you can store it you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um Really dry climate that might require occasional watering, but that's a really dry climate. You know, we're not, you know, normal. Uh, blackberries, summer, autumn, uh, dry climate again, you'd water, but that's it. Uh, natural propagation, uh, fava beans, mm. summer, but they'll store good with kidney. There They're you good go, with liver. 
uh, broom corn. Um, you'd get that again in the autumn. And again, that's something you can store. Um, almost all of these are dry climate. You kind of got to do a little watering. I mean, I'm not going to read that. Mm -hmm. Buckwheat, uh, chickweed, chives, collard greens, mm -hmm. um, currants. Big fan of collard, collard greens. Nice. Yeah. Currants, deep winter lettuce, um, dwarf uh, blue kale. I don't know why it had to be dwarf blue kale, but mm -hmm. kale. Egyptian walking onions, garlic, garlic chives, goji berries, um, onions, horseradish, horseradish, super easy, garlic, super easy, mm -hmm. um, bush beans, lemon balm, oats, oregano, parsley, parsnips, peas, raspberries, shallots, strawberries, um, sunchokes, summer savory, Swiss chard, grapes, tomatoes. Um, now, I want to go back there real quick. You had lemon balm in that list. I did have lemon balm. Is that going to be a problem for you? Well, here's my problem. You always have I a had a, a friend up the street that said he had some lemon balm he was trying to get rid of. He said you can dig it and plant it any place you want. It didn't so work. I stuck it in there. No, it grew. It grew fine. It grew so fast that I actually had to dig it up and move it somewhere else. Uh-oh. And then uh, the next year, it grew in the new place. And the old place. And the old place. Yeah. And now it's growing, <clears throat> taking over my whole damn yard. Every garden I have has lemon balm. All right. Skip the lemon balm per Kevin's request. Mm -hmm. All right. You got that? Turnips. Turnips are also good with livestock. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know this. They Live cows, that kind of shit. Think so. If you're a cow guy and I'm wrong, just yell at me. I don't know. Um, there's also, see, I might have a list of uh, trees and fruits and fruit trees. So apple, pear, peach, apricot, plum, kiwi, nectarine, cherry, figs, nut trees. Nut trees are something that people overlook all the time. Right. And I they actually can be huge. Um, was doing some hiking in the woods by my house and, uh, as I was walking along, I saw chestnuts on the ground. They weren't on the open fire? No, not yet. Oh, not then. Not yet. I filled my pockets up, and now every year when right. I go take the dogs out for a walk, I fill my pockets up every time I walk through there. And I think that's chestnuts and walnuts are, are really overlooked. I've cut my hands open a few times trying to crack those chestnuts. Yeah, you got to roast them first. You got to roast them first. Roast them first, right. then they're all right. Um, as far as berry bushes, you got raspberries, blackberries, boysenberries, blueberries, currants, goji berries. Yeah, now um, I've got I've got raspberries and blackberries growing all through my yard. Great, great stuff. Yes. Blueberries, I keep planting them, and I seem to not. I seem to get like three really cool blueberries I, every year, and that's I've it. I've planted six bushes over the years. I have four that are left, and three that are pretty spectacular. Yeah, um, those I would have to net if I was going to really get significant blueberries out of. Mm -hmm. They, I have a ton of berries on it. Like you look at the flowers on it right now, and there's you know. I don't know, 500 berries, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's very full. Um, and I know like the day before where you're like, they're going to be ripe tomorrow. Tomorrow, right. Tomorrow they're gone. Mm -hmm. and you're like, fuck. 
Yeah. So that kind of thing happens. You may want to think about netting with berries, but also, like, uh, um, I, I've seen other people. If you plan enough, the animals are just like, all right, I, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're not going to destroy if you have tons of food, right? And if they are, then you can freaking. Uh, eating some animals yeah and um, i i actually now, hogs had a, are a different thing you have like wild hogs in your yeah, area you're just screwed. you're just screwed then you better switch to being a straight meat eater and uh-huh. i can't help you mm-hmm. but all right go on just eat the hogs right yeah i had strawberries for for years it was fine and then one day i saw a squirrel out there eating them and he went and told all his little squirrel friends yeah, they did. ever years they didn't know about these raspberries these, yes. these strawberries and then just one year, so they went and told all their little friends. Now, all your hip, you hippies, close your ears, because I've got a plan. You kill those fuckers. No, 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 no. Because oh. you, there's just more. There's always more. Not if you're a killer like you, me. You have to take. You have to catch one live, and then gouge both its eyes out with wire. <laughs> then it, you let it loose. You have to use wire. Well, I mean, you could do whatever you want. I, I'm just saying that's the simple way to do it. Okay. Then you let him loose. He's going to go tell all his little squirrel friends what happened to him, and they're going to stay away. I feel like we might get some reviews after this because people are going to be like, oh, I'm a hippie, permaculture food forest. Right. This sounds like a podcast I might want to listen mm-hmm. to. Remember, the permaculture idea is that you're communi- communicating and communing with nature. Well, you're getting close to nature. Yes. Yeah, so what I'm saying is work with the natural system. Let oh, those squirrels okay. tell each other about how fucked up the guy that runs those strawberries is, now, I heard and they'll about leave you alone. In Vietnam, that they used to, you know, cut people's balls off and put them on a stick. Mm-hmm. Now, what if you put like chipmunk testicles and just just hung them up? Would they even see them? They got to be tiny, right? I've never really seen chipmunk testicles. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know, guys. Uh, get on the Facebook page. Get on the email. Let us know what you know about chipmunk testicles. All right, All right. now that's something we need to get. To Let's the get some of. pictures. Um, so a couple of things to wrap this up. Um, the, uh, so people talk about weeding. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go in with that whole scorched earth, destroy everything, Chuck mm-hmm. philosophy. Now I've seen things grow after we scorch it. Right. And so I'm just saying there might be a thing. And everyone's like, oh, you kill the bugs. There's bugs. Don't, mm-hmm. don't even worry about that shit. There's always going to be bugs. There's always going to be bugs. But they say, oh, well, you know, for a true per- permaculture thing going on, you want to be a traditionalist or whatever the word would be. And you don't weed, you don't do anything. The deal is, if early on you go in and weed, like the first year, maybe the second year, you can really ensure that you're going to get more of what you want right. and less of what you don't. Right. The The plants that you want, as long as they get a chance to get started get rooted and, and get started and established, yeah. right, they're going to push out the other plants. That that will work. But giving it a little boost in the end, and the same thing, when things are starting out, you hit a really dry spell, you want to go out, do a little watering, that's up to you. I mean, that's not going to be a problem. You know, if you want to go and take a little initiative on that, I wouldn't fault you. I'm not going to throw stones. 
Kevin might talk bad about you a little bit. I've seen him, you know, mm-hmm. with his shifty eyes. I, I do it every year. I go out there and I weed the garden like some sort of a caveman. Like a caveman? Like some sort of damn barbarian. But, I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I just secretly, I want to set up like an awesome food forest just so I can like do a quarter of the work. And bring in as much yield as my wife is bringing out of her garden. So I can be like, yeah, I got mine too. I don't know. I just went and picked it out. Yeah. And she's coming in at the end of the day after work every day. And because she comes home at like seven and then three hours out in the freaking garden till the sun's down. Mm-hmm. And she's all dripping sweat and dirt in her face. And I want to just walk in with the five gallon bucket and be like, yeah, this is what I got in my garden. Yeah. yeah what do you do? What'd you, you do, do you know? Day. And I was on the dirt bike or shooting uh-huh. guns or That's you know, right. whatever. Now so, what's the now you've got a few um you planted quite a few uh uh fruit trees. Yes. And uh some of them got messed up, right? Some the deer got, got yeah, to some of them. We don't really talk about my fruit trees. What we <laughs> they're did. not they're not doing so, fantastic. At first they I don't know. I have a cherry tree that's like eight inch diameter on the freaking uh yeah. you know, the trunk. But if I don't First, it was like uh, uh, the um, the the maggot ones, the Japanese beetles. Oh, God. I'm at Freaking war with Japanese them every year. beetles were killing that thing like crazy. So I finally get rid of the Japanese beetles. Then the freaking birds just come mm. in and whatever. So if I don't net it, they get it. And so pretty much that means the birds get it. Because I don't really net trees. I don't really. Yeah, it seems like a lot of. Nah, I don't really care work. that much. All right. So the apple trees. Mm-hmm. Now the apple trees, they did pretty good at first. And they were thriving. And we were doing, we were getting a couple apples. It was good. Then the deer started coming in and eating all the apples. Mm-hmm. So I started planting garlic all around the base of the trees. Deer went away, didn't touch my apple trees. Nice. Then I come home, and I see the motherfucking squirrels up in the goddamn tree eating all the apples. Yeah, and they, they don't care. They'll eat the apples when they're when they're like an inch wide. Bastards. Yeah, yeah. No, they're eating them. They don't even get small. to be right. full. No, they're not, full they don't size. even get to big adult size. So th- that's kind of my thing there. Now the squirrels are getting pretty fat, and there's going to be a lot more squirrel on the menu. And last year, it turned out that the chipmunks, first couple of years, you heard me got me griping about groundhogs. Now I've kind of mastered groundhog marksmanship. Okay. So I've got that merit badge now. All right. So the groundhogs, they don't usually last more than a day on my property. Mm-hmm. They move in and they're like, hey, I'm here. And then that's the end of the groundhog situation. Nice. Last year, though, there was a chipmunk situation. Mm-hmm. And... Literally, everywhere you looked in my yard, there were freaking chipmunks running around. So, last year she fought me, and oh, we're not going to kill the chipmunks. Now she's all in, and I bought these little shot uh, bullets for the twenty-two. That's mm-hmm. meant for killing rodents. So, we're going to experiment with that. If not, my twenty-two is pretty well sighted. I think I'm just going to camp out and... It's going to be a chipmunk party. Now, I have a which friend. Which means the squirrels are going to be soon after. Yeah, I have a friend that set up a, um, uh, the, he called it an Adirondack uh, chipmunk trap. Now, probably everybody in every place in the world has the same trap and calls it wherever Sierra Mountain 
chipmunk trap, whatever, wherever you live, they All call right. it that. But we're in the Adirondacks. That's what he called it. Basically, he got a five-gallon bucket, ran a wire through it, ran a can, you know, punched a hole on in a soda can on each end, put the can on the on the wire in the middle of the bucket, you know, across the top of the bucket, put peanut butter on the outside of that, and then a little ramp up to the to the and thing, and then filled up the bucket quarter of the way. He said it was like a god. It was like a damn um, chipmunk holocaust. Really? He said just he set up you know ten or fifteen of these buckets, and he was pulling three or four chipmunks a day out of each one of them. A day. A day. That sounds pretty substantial. Well, that's the thing. Like I think what pushed my wife over the edge was, and we went for years, no problem. You mm-hmm. know, or tomatoes, everything was good. Now. Every single tomato will have a bite out of it. Just one. Or you'll have just the tomato skin laying on the ground. <laughs> if they're like the cherry tomatoes, uh-huh. they'll eat, eat the, the inside whole inside out. out and just the skin laying there, just sad. They're just dicks. They're dicks. Yeah, it's the same thing with woodchucks and the groundhogs. Dicks. Just dicks. <sighs> woodchucks, they'll go in and they'll go to town. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, groundhogs, whatever. And they'll they'll go to town on it. But... uh yeah, My th- wife got this little, uh, uh, some it's like half chihuahua, half some sort of disgusting mix Rat. of a dog. I don't know. It's awful. But I'll tell you what, this dog gives zero shits about woodchucks. Go right down in the in the hole with them and chew up all the babies, tear chunks out of them, chase them down, and tear it's chunks out of their fine. ass. The m- this dog is a monster. You know, you know, if some hippie listens to this podcast, he's crying right now, weeping for the woodchucks, weeping for so many. If you knew at though, so many levels, yeah. If you garden, you know, you know how it is. You know, you feel it. Mm-hmm. secretly. They're like, yeah, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But when they get out with their dope smoking friends, uh huh. Like, no, no, that's not. You don't bring that up. <laughs> they don't bring it up. But mm-hmm. they're like. Yeah, they're living vicariously right now through Chuck shooting the freaking groundhogs. That or they're trying to find my information so they can report me to the proper yeah, authorities. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could all be hypothetical. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you have a if you have like a, an elderly sick cat that you don't want to spend $120 to put down, Capital you can call Chuck. It. He'll come <laughs> right over there and shoot that thing. Don't tell people, though. No, because you can go to jail for that that, shit. That's fucked up. That sounds like a that's like a hate crime against cats. Kevin, that's who doesn't hate cats though. That's fucked up. I have I have three. I had six cats. Yeah, two years ago. I'm down to three. Kevin, did you shoot those cats? I'm I'm really into having one cat. That's the goal. That's what I'm working towards. So if we hear two gunshots in the backyard, Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to do two shots on the same cat to just put them down quick when they're flopping around. Yeah, you don't don't want that. It's your cat. That's your, you know, your daughter loved that cat. You don't want to see that. (laughs) You know, any of our fans that have cats are like, that guy's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anybody that we had, that any of our fans that have cats are like, yeah, I know. They're dicks. They, (laughs) they, the litter box didn't have any poop in it. But there's poop on the floor for some reason. That's disturbing, Kevin. Disturbing. I had a cat. They were in. Is this just a cat hating episode? Yeah. Listen, I had two cats, and they were in a pissing feud in my fucking house, on the on the floor. One would piss, then the other has to piss on top of it. 
they got onto my dryer. You know that lint trap that you pull out? There's that little handle that you grab into. They were pissing in that. I'd go to pull that lint trap out and put my hand in cat piss. That's why I have three cats instead of six now. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> done with your nonsense. I did have a customer who the cat would go up over the stove and piss on the clock, like where you hit the buttons, <laughs> and the circuit board would get fried, and she'd be like, I don't understand. Why does it keep breaking? It, you know, 300 bucks a pop. And I'm like, right. I'll tell you why. Because your cat keeps, your cat keeps pissing, pissing on, it. on it. Some fucked up shit. Now everyone knows. If they didn't know that they should hate cats, mm-hmm. they're hating cats now. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, you know, um, cats spread a disease that make people crazy. Uh, Tryptoplasmosis, yeah, something like that. It's the one where you become a hoarder. Right. You become a hoarder and you become a crazy cat person. And they say that 50% of people in motorcycle accidents, when they dissect their brain, they have that parasite in them. Really? I did not yeah. know that. Because it makes you risk-seeking. Which would imply that you would want to ride a motorcycle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I mean, cats are really destroying the human population. It's it's their fault. I have a gross uh, texting and driving story now that you're telling me that. Oh, right? let's hear it. No, I can't. That's too fucked up. It's too gross, huh? I don't know. Well, you guys tell me. You guys be the judge and then send me an email that I shouldn't have said it if uh, I'm wrong. If you're not going to bring it up. So... I'm at a firefighter's doing a putting in an air conditioner today, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, you know everybody's texting and driving because he's listening to his uh, scanner going off about all the you know accidents all day long while I'm doing the work." And uh, so anyway, he's like, "Yeah, I just went on one. A guy in a Corvette, freaking uh, texting and driving, crashes into a parked eighteen wheeler." And he's like, his head was in the back seat, but he had the cell phone in his hand. Still stuck in his hand. Still stuck in his hand in the front. And I'm like, that's fucked up. So don't look at your damn cell phones. That was like a PSA. Yeah. Don't text and drive. Don't text and drive. I mean, I do it. But look at the fucking road. (laughs) Damn it. Don't listen to Kevin. Don't do it. So that's that. Now. You guys know we talk about Tac Pack, right? That's right. One of our listeners actually subscribed. Actually, I think a few of our listeners have subscribed. We've heard quite a few stories along the years. Mm-hmm. But this listener was so kind that he posted a video of what came in his Tac Pack. Really? Put it up on the uh, Facebook group page, and you guys can have a little insight to what's going on in there. Now, I have to point out, he has the May Tac Pack, and it's now May 22nd. And you know who doesn't have the May Tac Pack? Kevin and Chuck. Kevin and Chuck don't have the I May have a, Tac I'm Pack. I'm having a hard time believing that. I feel like Chuck has two, and Kevin has zero. I think that it's already come, and it so hasn't been. You're, you're not spreading the wealth. April. <laughs> I have two April Tac Packs. All right, all right, all right. I don't have two May Tac Packs. So... But if you use the code BADASS, they're going to hook you up where they send you a gun cleaning mat to lay out all those nice new AR parts Mm. that you get inside there. And I got to say, there was gun sights, slick pistol grips. Now, $50, a front and back gun sight right there, 
you've already come out ahead. Right. I got to tell you. And they had these badass tack pack, I assume AR-500 steel targets. Mm-hmm. And they have the fun logo, and they're like maybe four inch. And if I get two of them, because I don't give Kevin his, it's going to be awesome. It's going nice. to be like freaking Christmas over at my house. Nice. So I'm just saying. Now, now what's the uh, what's the code again to get the mat? Code badass. Now, at first, it's going to come, right? And you're going to open the box, and you're going to be like, well, there ain't no freaking gun cleaning mat in here. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Stay calm. Calm down. They ship it separate. That's right. Now- and I think the guy goes to the post office after he goes to the post office for the first ones. He's like, oh, I got these two boxes that I was holding for Chuck and Kevin that I haven't bothered to get in the mail yet. And I have those gun cleaning mats that I was going to send out to his new subscribers. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the post office with those. That's my guess of how it is happening. All right. All right. So just so you know. so I know I haven't gotten one of these gun cleaning mats yet. <sighs> No one has so the I'm gonna have cleaning to, mat. I'm going to have to subscribe myself to get a third tack pack. Yeah. Just so I can get the gun mat. That sounds accurate. Yeah. But I'll have a lot of AR-15 parts. That's, that's what right. I can tell that's you. That's right. Um, so now, next, if any of you guys are yes. trying to buy some Ill- illegal AR-15s, talk to Chuck. He knows where to go. He knows where to get the parts for you. You can build your own at home. He's ready. Um, if you're in the ATF, don't listen to this podcast. That, that last part was <laughs> you a joke. Already, you already made a mistake. <laughs> yep. Now, this uh, show we did this week was uh, was a request in email. Okay. Uh, Hayden emailed us uh, a couple weeks ago and wanted us to do, uh, do a show, show on permaforest, perma, permaculture. Now, actually, Phil, that would be Harry Potter. Uh, right, who likes to chime in on our special podcast? Actually, had some requests for a very similar idea, and I think he's gonna like hook up on the end of this. All right, and add a little insight where he also had some ideas and mentioned them to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't really have time for whatever you're telling me about." And then when Hayden sent us a message, I'm like, "All right, now we can get serious about it." Uh huh. You know what it is? Two people. If right. two people agree, you got to get be all in. Right. Yeah. Because I was like, Phil, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then now, all right, mm-hmm. maybe I got off task there. He's British. I He's mean, British. Whatever. So if you You're also hate you cats, you might want to leave us a review on iTunes. Mm hmm. That's right. Uh, we really need some reviews. Um, do we? I don't even know. Most if we do. of the reviews that we have are. But, are spectacular. Yes. Um, really nasty and rude. You like nasty that's, and rude. I take that's offense. Fine. I cry as a little long bit as every you night. give us a five star review. You can say whatever you well, want. Yeah, as long as you stick just to be five funny stars. about it. You yes. know. I mean, there's a difference between being funny and being a dick. That's all. That sounds accurate. So, don't forget about us on Patreon. Maybe sign up for Tack Pack. Don't forget the Facebook group. There's a lot of you guys in there now. Mm-hmm. And conversations get a little entertaining. There's a lot of back and forth. Uh-huh. And I feel like we know each other. Yeah. yeah. You know you know what to There's expect a lot of people, people that I see on there. They'll post something and it'll be like, oh, I got to read it. That is so Hamish there. Yeah. Right. Right? Uh-huh. You know, you're like, oh, oh, Darren, there he is again. Right. 
Warren. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Todd, a lot of these guys, right? right? So, you know, you're seeing the same guys and you get to know each other and it's a good time. So if you're into that kind of thing, that's a great place to do it with a bunch of decent folks. And then, you know, we try and keep the uh, riffraff out if things get a little too rowdy. Yeah, I mean, the the rule of the Facebook group is just don't be a dick. Don't be a and dick. And occasionally there's somebody that's a dick. But, I mean, it's really not that hard to follow that rule. Yeah. You know? If you're, if you're a dick, that means you're rude and you're not funny. If you're rude and you are funny, <laughs> then it's, then it's, it's all right. fair game. <laughs> so with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.